Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stolzfus, and I am joined today. We are in the Show Me State with Travis Lane, Mike Stephen, Stephen, sorry, Stephen. So is it Stephen? Pronounced Stephen? Mm-hmm. I've always said I, I've I've gone back and forth. Stephen, S T E P H A N. Yeah, it's it's pronounced like the first name Stephen. Okay, so I will always Stephon. pronounce it. I've got. Three. I've known, how long have I known you? And I've been, <laughs> I, I've gone back and forth. And of course, Aaron Ray. Um, if you have followed any of our social media and the shows, Outback Outdoors on Sportsman's Channel, you've probably been introduced to these amazing gentlemen. We are in Missouri, hunting whitetail, and it is the rut. I mean, finally. Wouldn't you say, Trav? Yes, I would. <clears throat> Two or three bucks chasing this morning. Yeah. Pretty good action, no grunt. Didn't hear any grunting or anything, but they were on their feet moving. Well, this is what we wait for all year long. I I want to set the scene here. Ar, tell the 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 listeners where we are. Set the scene so they can get a picture of where we are. Well, we're here in Central Missouri. Uh, folks know I seventy. Everybody knows I seventy. We're about ten miles south of I seventy. Little. Pretty close to the little town of Bel Air. That's where most of the ground we're hunting is. We're just south of there. We're stationed down here at Travis Lane's pad. He's got a pretty cool pad here. This is where he does his taxiderm and everything, so we get to look at a lot of deer when we're not in the field. And fortunately, we've been able to see a lot of deer in the field this year. Well, and Mike, you've been here. Is this your second yeah, year? Yeah, I was here last year. Yeah. So, Mike, you live just out of Kansas City. Yeah, northwest of Kansas City, yeah. about 45 minutes. Right. This this uh, this is a fun hunt, kind of so, somewhat close to you. And then usually you and I come do this and we head to Kansas. Yep. Um, so we're doing that again this year. But let's talk about the farm that we're hunting. And the history you guys, you two, Trav and AR, you have with this place as far as growing up in this area. You guys know it pretty well. You know the family that owns it real well. Um, I think we could probably do just a podcast on Nelly stores. Definitely. Yeah, several podcasts. And that might, (laughs) we might have to change, uh, I don't know if that'd go into our PG rating. A lot of it wouldn't. It wouldn't make the cut. Yeah, yeah. But this farm is what's the what's the acreage on this farm? Well, Ravenswood I think is right at two thousand acres. But then Nelson owns some. Nelson and his boys own two or three other farms that are about three hundred apiece. So yeah, so we're close close to three. But what we're hunting on this year is about two thousand. Yeah, and it's uh, it's got a lot of ag, and we're hunting the timber and the field edges. What's fun about this is, as most whitetail people know, is it's it's an all-year obsession. We come out here, fiddle fart around with the turkeys, but looking at new places to put stands, doing a little fishing. It's, uh, you know, and then, of course, come August, we start running cameras. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's definitely, whitetail's definitely something that is different in the fact that you're hunting that buck, uh, 
you know, that might not leave two square miles his whole life. Right. So, um, what, uh, what I, what I really like about this area is, uh, the structure. You do have some broken, you have some draws, especially on the west side, you get over here and there's some pretty, I mean, some of those cuts are pretty deep and that, you know, big stands of timber. How big is that one, the biggest stand of timber on the west side? 700 acres? Is it that big? Or? Well, that whole piece of property over there is 600. 600, so, so it's... Take the fields out, what? There's, I'd say four, yeah. 50. Yeah, probably 100, 150 <clears throat> acres of crops yep. over there. And, yep. And the rest is timber. Right. Good, good hardwood timber. Right. And you guys have been hunting this area for well since you've been hunting probably yeah because yeah. your fa- your folks are yeah basically i've hunted probably about the same amount of time as ar has really you know uh, i can't even remember last or when we first started right what would you think has changed in the past 10 years whitetail hunting do you think technology has taken things to a new in that la- in that time has it been changed that much or or do you think it's we're, we've kind of plateaued. Definitely has has taken to a next level as far as <clears throat> the tools you have to use, but a lot of times I think we overthink it anymore. You know, it's just if you'd go back to old school ways, you'd probably have just as much luck, but it is a lot of fun to use the new technology and just to start you know even the tree stands are you know that much there's that much more technology engineered into those anymore you know i think trail cameras are something that's probably i mean the ability for us to run what do we run up here 12 12 12 15 yeah and you know just on that 2000 acres in your opinion what what do you think changes from those september you know that that bedding to feeding time to now i mean we're seeing bucks in the general same general area mm-hmm. but some of the bucks we're getting pretty regular in september we haven't got a picture one yeah i think sometimes they just know how to avoid the cameras you know that that time of year as soon as they shed their velvet, I don't think they move far from where they were. They just kind of stay low key and watching and waiting on them does to come in. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes the, you know they talk about that October lull. You know when everything pretty much goes fully nocturnal, um, and uh, you know uh, until the rut kicks in, do you, does the daylight activity increase? Uh, I think it's been interesting on this hunt because we've had discussions of two things quite a bit. And, of course, we give each other a hard time about everything. But uh, moon calendar and and, uh, rising or dropping barometric pressure. What do you think about Do you think that moon calendar's real or do you think it's hogwash? Oh, I think there's something to it for sure. I think there's something to it, but... If you get like um, the other day, we had best movement at ten thirty, 
and it was kind of a downpour <clears throat> just not going to work in that situation you know yeah. it's just something else to take into account and then you have the dropping pressure and i think that's been proven that that you do have animals in general more movement during that time i think there's some science behind that i don't necessarily understand it but i think it's more the rise and pressure that gets them moving over the drop <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah it's whenever it's rising they'll seems like they move better huh well i know this driving 11 hours here my butt's going to be in a stand every opportunity regardless of what <clears throat> unless it's just pouring down rain right regardless because this is i have a length of time uh, you know i've i i i, I gotta have an opportunity or i can't just go oh i'm gonna wait i'll hunt tomorrow when we have a rising pressure or whatever i just got to go get in a stand and unfortunately when you're as far away from me or as far away from uh this place as 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 i live you just put your time in i think the moon and the pressure thing is more of a that october lull time you know when you you know they're more nocturnal you get this time of year in the rut you just gotta you gotta go out there every chance you can get i think those conditions definitely you know change the deer movement as as far as the definitely the more mature older bucks moving a little bit earlier moving a little bit more but yeah this time of year the the rut kind of trumps all other conditions some of those conditions definitely can ramp up the rut as far as what kind of activity we're seeing but i mean generally the rut is the rut and that's when it's going to be and that's when you're going to see those bucks moving a lot more right and i i think i mean i had a pretty exciting day yesterday we'll talk about that here in a bit um but i think you start talking about conditions you start talking about the rut a lot of that you know you throw the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater type of thing i mean but you just got to have your your butt in the stand during this time during this week for sure um and missouri is interesting we talk about this a lot they put their rifle hunt kind of like nebraska it starts right in the middle of the rut Mm -hmm. not good what do you guys (laughs) you guys are from missouri you guys are from missouri what's your take on that and if you had your druthers what would you do different or would you do something different shotgun only you know i could probably stand this whenever they have it you know coming up in the next couple of days if it was shotgun only or some you know something similar to that or yeah. yeah or like kansas where you move the rifle season to december 1st, december 1st. Yep. just seem like you know being the bow hunter that we are and liking big deer i think it would give us more of that mature age class there'd be less stupid three-year-old bucks running around get shot uh, and that's what we've seen locally here trav you've got a You've got a, a thriving taxidermy business, and you see what people bring in. Mm-hmm. And opening a rifle, what happens? It's usually 
a nice racked three and a half year old you know and then there's always it seems like every year there'll be one <clears throat> one day of the season that if you were out there i'll have three or four i mean mature four and a half five year old big deer it's just like they had they all run at the same time i mean it's never fails i'll have one day that i'll have three i mean just really good deer right. and for the most part for most part of the season it's always nice deer but most a lot of times it's just three and a half year olds that from 250 yards they look really big but get them on the ground and they're about they're 130s you know they're nice deer don't get me wrong but one yeah. more year they'd have been good or yeah. good deer yeah yeah we'll have to check the moon guide and the pressure on the days those big there ones you come go in. you know what i'm saying though they yeah. are oh, i mean yeah. it just yeah. seems like every yep. year well i think yep. i think that i think that does make a make a point or or reinforces something is whether it be they all kind of get done with that dough that they're locked down with and then they're out cruising and you're to a point that we're now enough does have been bred they're having to look harder i mean i don't i don't know mm-hmm. and then therefore they're more visible and and then you got people with rifles that can shoot 250 yards we've yeah. seen some really good deer but they've been rifle distance they haven't been within bow distance and so i think that's uh you know for us uh we need that 25 30 yard maybe sometimes you can on a field edge you can shoot out to 50 but even those i mean sometimes it's you got limbs or whatever you got you know kind of kind of cautious um let's uh i want to jump right into yesterday and uh my experience because uh well i'm excited about it but one of the things that we're trying to do is there is some some genetics that we've seen in the last couple of years of deer that we definitely want to take out now that's another debate you can talk about calling deer does it work does it not what genes come from the doe what gene comes from the buck you know i mean but one thing that we've had is narrow racked tall narrow racked deer we had that first year we had uh or was it first or second year high and tight we called him high and tight and he was good deer good deer but you know, he's almost literally crossing exactly. like as if you were just yep. grabbing your hands together, but he's not quite touching. And, uh, you know, Tanner and I have been uh, partnering up as far as him running camera and for me. And, and uh, we just, part of it is you, you, you start looking and you start looking at a lot of young deer. And you just want to see a mature deer, <clears throat> you know. Part of it is you just want to see a mature deer. And we started, and and you know we're we're getting some great action. Matter of fact, I passed on that deer that was that an eight, the one at the quarry plot first day. Um, Good job, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think that was the first day, but we thought that was a a three year old deer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then we went into a spot that we, oh, it's where I killed my buck last year and it's the, di- grinder. the grinder and we call it that. Why do we call it that? We call it that because you go in there and you sit tight and you grind one out. That's right. 
because it's uh, it's one of those ones you scratch your head and you go, this is you're right up amongst them. You are. They're doing their business. They are looking. They're running, and that you're right in there. So it you can you run a risk because you get in there and you can definitely blow uh, blow some deer out. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna get in there, and if you grind it out, you're gonna see some. You're gonna see some bucks. Yeah, it's right. one of those spots. It doesn't matter. You're gonna give up something to the wind, no matter what, right? Because they they're just gonna be all around you. But. Because a lot of our stuff is edges. Yeah, and we're hunting edges. And this is one of those ones when it gets right, we push in. And yep. we have another stand we call the killing tree. It's kind of similar, except that you were mentioning the other day. That's a unique because the wind seems to swirl all the time yeah the other morning it we i think we had a good west wind on top and we got down there and it was it just didn't matter it was gonna hit it was gonna go every which way yeah i have a a stand that i actually took down that i had hung in kansas and i finally just nicknamed it the toilet bowl it makes sense. It didn't That's about the mat- way. The only yeah. way you'd have a constant wind is if it was 35 miles an hour. Yep. And 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 so, but we moved in there yesterday morning, and it was uh, we uh, go, uh, probably at first light a doe ghosted through nothing, not really close, and we just kind of were. It was really kind of dead for the times I've sat in there. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you've seen more deer movement and these two little yearling does came up and we're fiddle farting around and we were i think i think uh tanner was doing some b-roll and slow motion i'm you know he's working with this camera and i'm sitting there just kind of soaking it all up and look up and we can see a rack and that sucker is on a scrape the same scrape talk about history but the same scrape that the buck i killed last year when when mikey and i were in there that we first saw him on and um so you know but this time that buck came down to check those does out and the does weren't high 12 yards (laughs) i mean they were right there and uh and he uh he but what he did is he did the old come and run them through and he and he uh, did the old loop de loop, and and the the young does don't they're not wanting any of this business. And when he came in, I looked at Tanner and Tanner. I mean, we by far the most mature buck we'd seen. And you know, I I'm a horrible trophy hunter. I'm an I'm a archer of opportunity, <laughs> and uh, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that and talking about what we wanted to do and the management plan that we've kind of put together is you know if we have a chance we might shoot a buck that might score less than 110 but it's something we need to get off you know it's it's like stumpy and uh, captain hook now hook could have come back from that uh, last year but there's a couple bucks that we especially when some rifle hunters hunt this that we ask them to shoot because they're old deer and because (coughs) of their genetics Yep. so um seeing that buck i knew i mean i i'd made my mind up and sometimes that's all you have you only have that long right 
and grabbing my bow and then of course he runs that doe up and around and she's doing the old loop-de-loop and she's coming right back and i'm thinking she's gonna be right it's smack here right in front of me and but she had actually came down and then started heading away and he did the old cut across so i was figuring he was 30 yards and actually a little bit further than 30 yards and and did i had to stop him because i only had two little shooting lanes Mm -hmm. so i did the old meh meh you know how's that sound pretty good (laughs) worked perfect and uh i'm at full draw and and yeah shot felt good but right after the shot i don't know if you guys do this but sometimes right after the shot i go ooh, i don't know i don't know it seemed a little bit high and of course i'm trying to replay it like i'm hitting my vcr in my mind shows you my age i said vcr that that shows you how old i am my dvd I've worked VCR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I re, you know, you're rewinding it to watch it again in your mind. And I, the first thing I did is I turned and looked at Tanner. I said, do you think that was a little bit high? And he's like, I don't know. I was watching I was watching this little screen, you know. Mm-hmm. So you always wonder. And uh, then the adrenaline dump happened. And I... I'm standing, and it wasn't that cold, but I got that adrenaline dump, and I'm just standing there shaking. I mean, Tanner is laughing because I'm just standing there shaking like it's, like I just got out of the Arctic plunge or something, you know, And um, but it was just being a little chilly, but then that huge adre- adrenaline dump, right. and uh, so I'm standing there trying to figure out what to do and talk to the camera. It was, It was pretty fun. It was, I mean, it was a good time, good time. But, uh, so we, what, just like when in doubt, what do you do? Back out. You back out. So we backed out. Of course, the advantage we have is the yeah. fact that we, we have, thank you, Tanner. Tanner's getting everybody coffee French, here. I'll, t- I'll take toast, a French toast. I'll take two French toast. Um, <laughs> you know, you back out and, and we have the advantage of being able to go look at the footage. And so we came back, and um, yeah, we checked checked the footage out, and uh, the the shot looked a little bit high, but maybe five inches below the back. But then again, at the angle, you know, again, I don't know. Yeah. So we took our time. We did the smart thing. We gave him four hours, and then we kind of all went out there and. It was weird, though, wasn't it? There wasn't much blood. Didn't look good. It didn't look good. I We found the arrow. What? How far was the arrow? When you it was probably it? 25 yards from where the impact was. But we had all kind of already started making circles because we were just searching for blood. And I just went back to the the scene of the crime and and me and tanner found the arrow about right in there and we found one one or two little spots of blood and then nothing kept kind of going off in different directions i think aaron had found 
spot of blood. Well, yeah, actually, Aaron, you found that pretty yeah. good smudge on the side of that. Actually, oh, Mikey found it. <laughs> I, yeah, I found so, first blood, and you found some bone, which. Well, after the fact, uh, I was walking back up when you guys, and uh, I found a pretty fresh deer skull that had been chewed on. Mm. So I'm assuming that that's where that bone ended up coming from. So it wasn't out of the... Yeah. Okay. Well, you're a liar then. <laughs> um, so got me all excited. Oh, we had, but yeah, we, you know, we couldn't get... It wasn't normal. When we watched the footage, we saw the arrow hit, um, and then, of course, going frame by frame, it looked like it backed out. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. We figure out what's going on. We find the arrow. What would you say? Six inches of penetration? It looked like I got six inches of penetration. So, you know, whether you, whether you, uh, are you, what are you doing back over there, Tanner? Oh, he's fill- I'm making everybody have to pee. I know. <laughs> he's filling up the coffee pot, and it, it is. It makes you need to pee. Um, so we, we found a, six inches of penetration, and we're thinking, okay, did I hit the offside shoulder, or did it, did he drop? Because he did drop a little bit. Did I hit the, the nearside shoulder and not get it, the penetration that I needed? So all these things are going through your mind. And uh, we did, but at that point, we'd kind of, I kind of worked up. I was actually going to go and just kind of glass down in this draw where, you know, we could go down there and just bed and be dead. And uh, I believe Tanner and you found separately, Tanner, a little history on what Tanner does. Tanner likes to play these games. So Tanner's basically colorblind. So he's worthless on a blood trail, okay? Um, but yet, he'll just start uh, linking up with that animal, like like it's Bluetooth, of what thinking what they would do. And he looks around, and he just kind of tries to second guess. And the last three hunts, Tanner, I think the last three hunts, he's free and walked right up on what I killed. And then the crazy thing is, and I'm pretty sure it's wrong, um, and you should never do this to a person, but he plays it off like he hasn't found it. And then he walks up to me and he asks me a question. Like to yesterday, he said, hey, you still on blood? And, of course, I'm way out in front of you guys. You still on blood? And I'm, I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. It's not looking good. And he goes, hey, by the way, what did that deer look like? And he pulls out his phone. He's got a picture of my butt dead. I mean, if that's not rude and uh, wrong, I don't know what is. But but you, by the time he'd done that, you guys had already found it, and you were standing over there by it. So that was that was it was I was pretty ecstatic. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't go that. I mean, really, go that far. We gave him four hours, but he was probably dead in a minute. Yeah. He because was dead within fifteen minutes of the shot. What we found out was that. The shot was good. It wasn't as near, not near as high as I thought it had been by the camera. Especially with the angle. Especially with the angle. And then when we ended up gutting him out, my broadhead, it, of course, it had broken off. But my broadhead was in there, but it was backwards. Like it had gotten in there, and then with him moving around, it had turned the the, broad, the whole arrow and broadhead was still together, in, you know, six inches, whatever. 
and it had gone and it had hit that offside shoulder and then probably between his front side shoulder coming back when he when he jumped he snapped it off there between that and a rib or something but it was it was pretty awesome yeah so good hunt yeah Uh, and uh, when it all comes together it's it's phenomenal it's phenomenal but you know that's what the rut brings you never know i mean that could have been you know a a a, a monster cuz we know they're in here we you know we see the trail cam pictures we see the late season pictures where they're hitting the food plots and and that's another thing we enjoy doing is we enjoy there's a lot of there's a lot of ag ground here but we have the opportunity to come in and put some of these killer food plots these small third half acre plots and give them something different or give them something uh late season where everything's tilled under or everything's dormant and you know we can plant that carnish brassicas or something like that that's got the turnip you know that type of thing something that the sugar's gonna you know beets sugar's gonna hit that and then give them some late season because you guys have gotten quite a few good pictures Mm -hmm. late season especially on the east side yep so seems like they always hit it late for sure over there because it yeah pictures yeah it's interesting well it's been a it's been fun and the fun's not over but um my my tag is notched and i actually got a chance which i'm pretty excited about i got a chance to shoot a brand new broadhead um wasp archery is actually has come out with a brand new broadhead and they shipped overnighted it to us uh and uh, two of them so apparently they don't have a lot in stock, but they overnighted two to us, and I was able to shoot a doe uh, with the new uh, Wasp Archery Havilon HV. So it's a Wasp Archery is partnering up with Havilon, and uh, um, it's yeah. I I spun it up and I thought you know I'd like to give her a test run and. It spun really good, and and I only had two of them, so it's not like I could go out and test them at 60 yards because I only got two. But we did take it out, and uh, we spun it up, and then I had a chance to shoot a doe, and it flew really nice, uh, really nice. Now, we'll say this. When we recovered the broadhead, one of the the blades had sheared off. So that's a little concerning, but it'll be interesting to play a little bit around with them a little bit more. And see, I'm I I love to I love to test broadheads. I love to shoot them into things. <laughs> uh, you can't that's, uh, you can't beat that. You well, beat that. I mean, <laughs> just even things that aren't supposed to be shot into. But I just want to see how they hold up and see how they fly. And and uh, I mean, you're shooting the boss. You really like that four blade. I do. How I long do. have you been shooting that? I mean, you had shot it even before last yeah. year, right? I think. Uh, is it three years? I know two years. Okay. I mean, I shot them uh, pretty exclusively last year. And Killed two big old bull elks with them. Yeah, yeah you can't. You can't. Yeah. Uh, deny did you just say? It. Did you just say? Did you just drop the word elks? I did. Wow. Did wow. You can't deny you'd that. You fit in Kentucky. <laughs> can't deny that power. No, and you, your first that first one you shot, that was a poke. That was a little mm-hmm. bit out there, yeah. and then this one was this year was closer, like like yeah. twenty yards or something. Yeah, actually seventeen, eighteen yeah. yards. Yeah. So blew right through it, but yeah, good blood trail. I 
I really like them. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. fly good. I mean, you've got to – I did a lot of shooting, and I had I had probably <clears throat> a dozen arrows and found six that I pretty well tried to keep the same broadhead. You know, I tried two or three different broadheads. If I get one to fly, you know, true, it didn't matter if it's a three-blade or – the sharpshooter or the boss right. i just had them all in my quiver and i was i was confident they were going to hit so right. that's the whole deal for me well, anyway. and, and i mean we could do a whole podcast on mm. tuning arrows tuning bows i mean because a lot of people say well my bow's tuned well the, <coughs> your arrow tuned yeah. i mean it's a whole that's a whole different ball game spinning versus you know yeah. all of the different things so and we won't get into that you shoot you shot the drone this year at mm -hmm. that elk in colorado and that yeah, they did fly not, good too. Did not have a problem going through. You got a complete pass through on that. Yep. Yeah. So, well, this has been uh, awesome. I mean, this is definitely one of those hunts where you wait all stinking year long, and then it's here, and then it's gone. And we're not through it yet. We've got a couple more days for rifle season. So, being interesting to see what happens, and and uh, we've been checking trail cameras. Nothing super crazy happened but we are seeing more and more deer movement so i guess the the key is just get back in the stand yep yeah well mikey you got anything else to add buddy if you could give one hint on how to be successful killing big white tails what would it be what time of year hunt what time of year no, what time of year are you talking? Because there's... No, I didn't... Uh, you can't do that. <clears throat> See, now you're just trying to... I want one. Your top number one, what would it be? Get close to where he's bedding. Okay. What would you say, Trav? Probably the same thing. I'd bedding area, and if we get this weather change, the does will probably be hitting the standing beans or whatever's around and pretty good chance there's going to be something coming in that looking that looking all that over so right what would you say just find the does find the, the does the bucks are going to be yeah be where they are i this think time my is time in the stand i mean all these factors do but you need to have time you need, if you're going to kill big bucks, you look at whether it be Winky, Lee and Tiff, all these people that consistently kill big bucks, and what do they have that is, well, they're all in Iowa. <laughs> so I guess that's one. No, but really, people that kill consistently kill big bucks have time. They have time. They can pick the, and choose the stands, but they have the flexibility of time. And unfortunately for some people, a guy coming from uh, Rhode Island or Connecticut, and they're coming out to Kansas to hunt, they've got five days. They've got seven days. That's it. For us, it's, you know, coming out of Colorado, coming here, and I've got a week. You just hope you're going to hit it right. You're, I mean, and then you're going to hope you hit the right stand with the right wind. You know, of course, you're playing that game too. But anyway, it's... That's why I love it. It's a chess match 
very different than hunting mule deer or hunting elk where you're like, okay, there's no elk or mule deer here. Let's go find some more. You know these deer are here. There's no doubt. But you got to have them. You got to put yourself in a position where they're going to walk through. And even if they walk through, you got to have a shooting angle. And even if they walk through and you have a shooting angle, you got to stop them. I mean, there's all these factors. So it's, it's, I'm addicted to it. And it's a different type of addiction than something like elk hunting or something like that because it's a totally different mindset. For me, I have to switch a gear because I am ADD, ADHD. I don't care what acronym you want to put on it. I have a hard time sitting still. And I got to flip that switch so that I can concentrate. And even then, it's not, not easy. But I don't know what you did before you had a cell phone. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know what I did? Honestly, first couple times I hunted whitetail, I had a paperback book. And I would yeah. read a page, and I would look around. Because the first whitetail hunt I ever went on, the guy that I was hunting with, he was he, I was in this river, river bottom, but he, I was on a, a field edge, and he had a spot where he could glass. And he just happened to look back, and he goes, dude, were you dancing in the stand? I said, no, I wasn't dancing in the stand. He goes, you look like you were dancing in the stand because I kept getting up, looking around, sitting back down. And I was just all over. He said, you got to sit still. It's hard for me, real hard for me. Mikey, you've sat with me. You know how I am. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the, one of the biggest factors that guys don't see deer is if you don't sit still and keep your eyes out there looking around, you can miss so, so much. much. I mean, AR and I got in the stand last night and we were just sitting there and he looked over and it coming through a little gap where we could barely see anything. There was a little, you know, a nice little buck going through. If he hadn't looked up at that exact moment, you'd never seen, it, seen that deer. Cause you had this much of a window, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, this morning, sitting in the stand, just I was sitting in that one stand just to see what I see, maybe shoot a doe, depending upon where what I saw come by, and I was taking a drink of coffee, and half amidst a half drink, I looked over, and there's a little buck standing there, looking at me. I suck as a whitetail hunter, but I am gonna continue and be persistent so well hopefully we got more to bring you as this adventure unfolds here in the show me state we're hoping they show me show us some big old bucks uh but as always thanks for listening and we want to encourage you to find your wild whether that be your grandpa's your uncle's back 80 or north 40 or maybe it's the Rocky Mountains. Maybe you're in the West and the Rocky Mountains is at your back door. Find your wild. We want you to go out, embrace it. God bless. We'll see you down the trail.